0: And welcome back to Hedwig's Fills the Tea. Today I'll be reading chapter five of Harry Potter and the Philosophers slash Sorcerer's Stone. I'm really excited. This is Diagon Alley. If you have read Harry Potter before, you'll know Diagon Alley is like. So exciting. The literal best. If you haven't read Harry Potter before, you'll you are in for a treat. So let's get into it. Chapter 5 Diagon Alley. Harry woke early the next morning. Although he could tell it was daylight, he kept his eyes shut tight. It was a dream, he told himself firmly. I dreamed a giant called Hagrid came to tell me I was going to a school for wizards. When I open my eyes, I'll be at home in my cupboard. There was suddenly a loud tapping noise. And there's Aunt Petunia knocking on the door, Harry thought his heart sinking, but he still didn't open his eyes. It had been such a good dream. Tap, tap, tap. All right, Harry mumbled. I'm getting up. He sat up and Hagrid's heavy coat fell off him. The hut was full of sunlight. The storm was over. Hagrid himself was asleep on the collapsed sofa and there was an owl wrapping its claw on the window, a newspaper held in its beak. Harry scrambled to his feet, so happy he felt as though a large balloon was swelling inside him. He went straight to the window and jerked it open. The owl swooped in and dropped the newspaper on top of Hagrid, who didn't wake up. The owl then fluttered onto the floor and began to attack Hagrid's coat. Don't do that. Harry tried to wave the owl out of the way, but it snapped its beak fiercely at him and carried on savaging the coat. Hagrid, said Harry loudly. There's an owl... "'Pay him!' Haggard grunted into the sofa. "'What?' "'He wants paying for delivering the paper. "'Look in the pockets.' Haggard's coat seemed to be made of nothing but pockets. "'Bunches of keys, slug pellets, balls of string, "'peppermint humbugs, tea bags.' "'Finally, Harry pulled out a handful of strange-looking coins. "'Give him five nuts,' said Haggard sleepily. "'Nuts?' "'The little bronze ones.' Harry counted out five little bronze coins, and the owl held out his leg so Harry could put the money into a small leather pouch tied to it. Then he flew through the open window. Hagrid yawned loudly, sat up, and stretched. Best be off, Harry. Lots to do today. Gotta get up to London and buy all your stuff for school. Harry was turning over the wizard coins and looking at them he had just thought of something that made him feel as though the happy balloon inside him had got a puncture um hagrid mm? said hagrid who was pulling on his huge boots i haven't got any money and you heard uncle vernon last night he won't pay for me to go and learn magic don't worry about that said hagrid standing up and scratching his head do you think your parents didn't leave you anything but their house was destroyed They didn't keep their gold in the house, boy. Nah, first stop for us is Gringotts. Wizards bank. Have a sausage. They're not bad cold. And I wouldn't say no to a bit of your birthday cake, neither. Wizards have banks? Just the one. Gringotts. Run by goblins. Harry dropped the bit of sausage he was holding. Goblins? Yeah, so you'd be mad to try and rob it. I'll tell you that. Never mess with goblins, Harry. Gringotts, it's the safest place in the world for anything you want to keep safe. Except maybe Hogwarts. As a matter of fact, I gotta visit Gringotts anyway. For Dumbledore. Hogwarts business. Hagrid drew himself up proudly. He usually gets me to do important stuff for him. Fetching you, getting things from Gringotts. No, so you can trust me, see? Got everything? Come on, then. Harry followed Hagrid out onto the rock. The sky was quite clear now, and the sea gleamed in the sunlight. The boat Uncle Vernon had hired was still there, with a lot of water in the bottom after the storm. How did you get here? Harry asked, looking around for another boat. Flew, said Hagrid. Flew? Yeah, but we'll go back in this. Not supposed to use magic now I've got you. They settled down in the boat. Harry still staring at Hagrid, trying to imagine him flying. Seems a shame to row, though, said Hagrid, giving Harry another of his sideways looks. If I was to er, speed things up a bit, would you mind not mentioning it at Hogwarts? Of course not, said Harry, eager to see more magic. Hagrid pulled out the pink umbrella again, tapped it twice on the side of the boat, and they sped off toward land. Why would you be mad to try and rob Gringotts? Harry asked. Spells, enchantments, said Hagrid, unfolding his newspaper as he spoke. They say there's Dragon's Garden in the high security vaults, and then you gotta find your way. Gringotts is hundreds of miles under London, see? Deep under the underground. You'd die of hunger trying to get out, even if you did manage to get your hands on some that. Harry sat and thought about this while Hagrid read his newspaper, The Daily Prophet. Harry had learned from Uncle Vernon that people liked to be left alone while they did this, but it was very difficult. He never had so many questions in his life. "'Ministry of magic, messing things up as usual,' Hagrid muttered, turning the page. "'There's some Ministry of Magic?' Harry asked before he could stop himself. "'Of course!' said Hagrid. They wanted Dumbledore for minister, of course, but he'd never leave Hogwarts, so old Cornelius Budge got the job. Bungler, if there ever was one. So we pelts Dumbledore with owls every morning, asking for advice. But what does the Ministry of Magic do? Well, their main job is to keep it from the muggles that there are still witches and wizards up and down the country. Why? Why? Blimey, Harry, everyone be wanting magic solutions to their problems. Nah, we're best left alone. At this moment, the boat bumped gently into the harbor wall. Hagrid folded up his newspaper, and they clambered up the stone steps onto the street. Passers-by stared a lot at Hagrid as they walked through the little town to the station. Harry couldn't blame them. Not only was Hagrid twice as tall as anyone else, he kept pointing at perfectly ordinary things like parking meters and saying loudly, See that, Harry? Things these muggles dream up, eh? Hagrid, said Harry, panting a bit as he ran to keep up. Did you say there were dragons at Gringotts? Well, so they say, said Hagrid. Crikey, I'd like a dragon. You'd like one? Wanted one ever since I was a kid. Here we go. They had reached the station. There was a train to London in five minutes' time. Hagrid, who didn't understand muggle money, as he called it, gave the bills to Harry so he could buy their tickets. People stared more than ever on the train. Hagrid took up two seats and sat knitting what looked like a canary yellow circus tent. Still got your letter, Harry? he asked as he counted his stitches. Harry took the parchment envelope out of his pocket. Good, said Hagrid. There's a list there of everything you need. Harry unfolded a second piece of paper he hadn't noticed the night before and read, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Uniform. First year students will require one, three sets of plain work robes, black. Two, one plain pointed hat, black for day wear. Three, one pair of protective gloves, dragon hide or similar. Four, one winter cloak, black silver fastenings. Please note that all pupils' clothes should carry name tags. Course books! All students should have a copy of each of the following. The Standard Book of Spells, Grade 1, by Miranda Goshawk. A History of Magic, by Bathilda Bagshot. Magical Theory, by Aldebert Waffling. A Beginner's Guide to Transfiguration, by Emmerich Switch. One Thousand Magical Herbs and Fungi, by Fadilla Spore. Magical Drafts and Potions by Arsenius Jigger. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander. The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self Protection by Quentin Trimble. Other equipment One wand. One cauldron, pewter, standard size 2. One set glass or crystal vials. One telescope. One set brass scales. Students may also bring an owl or a cat or a toad. Parents are reminded that first years are not allowed their own broomsticks. Can we buy this all in London? Harry wondered aloud. If you know where to go, said Hagrid. Harry had never been to London before. Although Hagrid seemed to know where he was going, he was obviously not used to getting there in an ordinary way. He got stuck in the ticket barrier on the underground and complained loudly that the seats were too small and the trains too slow. I don't know how the muggles manage without magic, he said as they climbed a broken down escalator that led up to a bustling road lined with shops. Hagrid was so huge that he parted the crowd easily, all Harry had to do was keep close behind him. They passed bookshops and music stores, hamburger restaurants and cinemas, but nowhere that looked as if it could sell you a magic wand. This was just an ordinary street full of ordinary people. Could there really be piles of wizard gold buried miles beneath them? Were there really shops that sold spellbooks and broomsticks? Might this not all be some huge joke that the Dursleys had cooked up? If Harry hadn't known that the Dursleys had no sense of humor, he might have thought so. Yet somehow, even though everything Hagrid had told him so far was unbelievable, Harry couldn't help trusting him. This is it, said Hagrid, coming to a halt. The Leaky Cauldron. It's a famous place. It was a tiny, grubby-looking pub. If Hagrid hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have noticed it was there. The people hurrying by didn't glance at it. Their eyes slid from the big bookshop on one side to the record shop on the other, as if they couldn't see the leaky cauldron at all. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this, Hagrid had steered him inside. For a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. A few old women were sitting in a corner, drinking tiny glasses of sherry. One of them was smoking a long pipe. A little man in a top hat was talking to the old bartender, who was quite bald and looked like a toothless walnut. The low buzz of chatter stopped when they walked in. Everyone seemed to know Hagrid. They waved and smiled at him, and the bartender reached for a glass, saying, "'The usual, Hagrid?' "'Can't, Tom. I'm on Hogwarts business,' said Hagrid, clapping his great hand on Harry's shoulder and making Harry's knees buckle. "'Good Lord,' said the bartender, peering at Harry is this, can this be? The lakey cauldron had suddenly gone completely still and silent. Bless my soul, whispered the old bartender. Harry Potter, what an honor. He hurried out from behind the bar, rushed toward Harry and seized his hand, tears in his eyes. Welcome back, Mr. Potter, welcome back. Harry didn't know what to say. Everyone was looking at him. The old woman with the pipe was puffing on it without realizing it had gone out. Hagrid was beaming. Then there was a great scraping of chairs, and the next moment Harry found himself shaking hands with everyone in the leaky cauldron. Doris Crockford, Mr. Potter. Can't believe I'm meeting you at last. So proud, Mr. Potter. I'm just so proud. Always wanted to shake your hand. I'm all of a flutter. Delighted, Mr. Potter. Just can't tell you. Diggle's the name. Daedalus Diggle. I've seen you before, said Harry, as Daedalus Diggle's top hat fell off in his excitement. You bowed to me once in a shop. He remembers, cried Daedalus Diggle, looking around at everyone. Did you hear that? He remembers me. Harry shook hands again and again. Doris Crockford kept coming back for more. A pale young man made his way forward very nervously. One of his eyes was twitching. Professor Quirrell said, "Hagrid, Harry, Professor Quirrell will be one of your teachers at Hogwarts." Potter f- stammered. Professor Quirrell grasping Harry's hand, C- "Can't tell you how f- f- pleased I am to meet you." What sort of magic do you teach, Professor Quirrell? This is defense against the d- dark arts," muttered Professor Quirrell, as though he'd rather not think about it. Not that you n- need it, eh, Potter? F- he laughed nervously. You'll be getting all your equipment, I suppose. I've got to p- pick up a new book on vampires myself. <laughs> he looked terrified at the very thought. But the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep Harry to himself. It took almost ten minutes to get away from them all. At last, Haggard managed to make himself heard over the babble. Must get on, lots to buy. Come on, Harry. Doris Crockford shook Harry's hand one last time, and Hagrid led them through the bar and out into a small, walled courtyard, where there was nothing but a trash can and a few weeds. Harry grinned at Harry. "'Told you, didn't I? Told you you was famous. Even Professor Quirrell was trembling to meet you. Mind you, he's usually trembling. Is he always that nervous?' "'Oh yeah, poor bloke. Brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying out of books, but then he took a year off to get some first-hand experience.' They say he met vampires in the Black Forest, and there was a nasty bit of trouble with the hag. Never been the same since. Scared of the students, scared of his own subject. Now, where's me umbrella? Vampires? Hags? Harry's head was swimming. Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks in the wall above the trash can. Three up, two across, he muttered. Right, stand back, Harry. He tapped the wall three times with the point of his umbrella. The brick he had touched quivered. It wriggled. In the middle, a small hole appeared. It grew wider and wider. A second later, they were facing an archway large enough even for Hagrid, an archway onto a cobbled street that twisted and turned out of sight. Welcome, said Hagrid, to Diagon Alley. And that's where we're going to stop for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back in two weeks for part two of chapter five of Harry Potter and the Philosophers slash Sorcerer's Stone. Next week, we'll do the ship song, which you will understand if you listen to it. Have a great day and stay magical.